Six years ago, Ellis Hammond's entire mission changed. He was a full-time college pastor with vision and passion, but broke. Now a full-time real estate entrepreneur, Ellis is the founder of Kingdom Real Estate Investors, the number one community for faith-driven leaders impacting the world through real estate investing. If you're a kingdom-minded real estate investor or entrepreneur seeking to advance God's kingdom outside the church walls, welcome to the Kingdom REI podcast, where Ellis interviews Christian entrepreneurs and investors focused on advancing God's kingdom through real estate investing. Enjoy the show. Hey, welcome everyone to the Kingdom Real Estate Investor Podcast. I'm your host, Ellis Hammond, and this is the show that where we feature incredible business leaders, entrepreneurs, investors from across the country and sometimes across the globe on Kingdom Impact and really primarily through business and investing. And so uh, very, very excited to introduce our guest today all the way from Australia, the Gold Coast, Wes home. Welcome to the show, my man. It's great to be with you, Ellis. Uh, seriously, I'm, I'm really, really glad that we got you here. It's kind of trippy. He's a day ahead of us, but we're talking at the same time. So I'm not quite sure how that works. Um, we're, just, we're just more prophetic than you. We live in the future. <laughs> that's, how, that's, how, that's how it works, huh? It's kind of like you're, you're looking back. Remember, uh, God, God lives in Australia. He just goes and visits the rest of the world. So that makes a ton more uh, sense. After, after, after he's been here and then he goes around the world and just, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a skeptic, man. I've always, the prophetic has always been something I've struggled with, but now that you put it in light that he lives there, <laughs> I'm, I'm on board. I get it. Yeah. Well, seriously, no, I'm really grateful to have you on here guys. Uh, uh, Wes, you know, if you're, if you're not following him on YouTube, I would, I would highly recommend youtube.com forward slash kingdom business. Uh, go check out a lot of his content here. But man, I just, I, I know one of the reasons we reach out to you is you're on a mission as well to help people see that they can thrive and excel in business. Mm. Um, but, but, but that is not separate from their faith. This is a part of their mission as kingdom entrepreneurs on this planet. And so guys, through practical strategies and deep biblical understanding, Wes uh, has a mission and goal of raising up a, a thousands of kingdom entrepreneurs to do business God's way. And so uh, thanks for that par partnership. I'm glad to have you here. Good to be here. You know, um, I, I can't even comprehend how somebody could live a compartmentalized life between, you know, like a like like a sacred secular or a you know Sunday is more spiritual than a than a Monday. You know, like if you're a if you're a full time Christian, then you're a full time minister, no matter where you find yourself. And that could be running a business in a boardroom on a Tuesday. That could be helping out at church on a Sunday. That could be the grocery store on a Tuesday night. Like it doesn't, it doesn't matter. You're a, you, you know, you're a radical believer. You're an ambassador for the kingdom, wherever you find yourself. And the group of people that I want to serve and help is the entrepreneurs, whether they've got a business that's just started and they're a one person operator, or, you know, like some of our clients who have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of team members and stuff like that. And, and, uh, and I believe that as you scale your revenue, you also scale your impact. And uh, that's really the reason, you know, we're not going to change culture with money, you know, in, in a sense, we're going to change culture by being an ambassador, by changing the narrative, like being part of solutions. Um, it's just that building business is a great way to achieve the outcome of changing culture. I can't wait to get this episode, man. I'm so I'm already just got so many questions for you. You're going to fire a couple of different things here at you. First is, uh, man, here's the thing. I know my brain. I know I got like a thousand things I'm already coming at you. So let me just pause. We always pray for the show. 
And uh, so let me just do it now because once we get going, I feel like me and you, we're just going to, it's going to be, it's going to be speedy. So let me just stop and pray. God, thank you. Thank you for Wes. Thank you uh, for lining two kingdom brothers together, even from across the planet. Thank you for Zoom to allow us to meet. And I pray, God, that you would use this 30, 45 minutes, however long we have, maybe three hours if we, if we, if we have it to, uh, to just serve you and, and, and bless and encourage and challenge and equip uh, kingdom business leaders across the world today. Uh, God, would, would, this, would this episode have, um, would you use it to have ripple effects uh, for your kingdom? For Jesus' name, we pray that in Christ's name, amen. Amen. So let me ask you something that st- stuck out to me. You said, I can't imagine living a compartmentalized life. I can't, can't fathom that. Rowdy's though a lot can, was like, especially here in the U.S., it's just not almost more normal to compartmentalize it. And so when you say I can't fathom that, I'm like, well, I know a lot of people who can fathom that. So explain to me your background, where you come from, to why that really seems kind of crazy. Mm. Well, um, I was actually born in London. Uh, so born and bred in the UK, 14 years there. Family emigrated to Australia uh split split family when i was young but all the way through that very early journey all i wanted to do was be in business my earliest memories were business right and you know i was almost kicked out of school for selling juggling balls that i was making at night time and blah 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 and all those sort of things and um i didn't really know at the time but that was like just a natural inbuilt gifting for me to want to go do that and but had no idea who christ was so never grew up in a christian home had no experience um in england we did do religious studies but the majority of the ones that i remember were reading the quran um not that i can remember much of that either but I, that's just where they spent the majority of their time and so at two uh in 2004 right so when i was like i came to christ on the 23rd of september 2004 i had already built and sold multiple businesses um but when i became a believer i became a radical believer and my whole world changed because I literally one day I thought that my business ventures were just for me to have everything I wanted out of my life. That was my worldview. My worldview was if I want a bigger house, I build a bigger business. If I want a bigger boat, build a bigger business. If I want toys, build a bigger business. That's all I cared about. Right. But then I became a believer and I read the Bible and I was like, man, my two worlds are colliding because you, I I have just realized that I've laid down my life. And so now I better go study how God wants to do business. And he basically lays out the entire plan of how to do business. You know, most of it, uh, to be fair, in like right back in the beginning, Leviticus, the Ten Commandments, obviously the Sermon on the Mount, a a whole lot later, um, a lot of teachings around parables. And I realized actually that the role of business is primarily to advance the kingdom of God and not to advance the kingdom of self. And that's a pretty hard one to grasp when pre pre becoming a believer it was all kingdom of self there was no other kingdom like like i believed in god it's just that i was god before i became a believer right and um and so so for me i literally realized that i didn't lay my life down on on a sunday i laid my life down permanently and the natural flesh wants to pick it up every day and 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 give me whatever i want but you know, but we've got to kind of beat that into submission and 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 make sure that we you know stay focused on the things of heaven. Um, and so 
it was just a decision from day one. Well, hang on a minute. Like, you know, it, it, God doesn't ask me to be special on one day of the week. Sunday's not more anointed than Tuesday. Um, Sunday just becomes a wonderful opportunity for me to hang out with brothers and sisters, corporate worship, you know, get some breathing space, downtime, and then go again, you know, out in the marketplace, out in a massive spiritual battle, come back together on a Sunday with my brothers and sisters, raise arms, get refreshed, do it again. And so, so I guess I haven't really known another yeah. way because I didn't decide to dip my toe in the water. Yeah. I decided to abandon my own agenda and pick up the Lord's agenda for my life, which was to do business, to advance the kingdom. So let me ask it this way, because I think, I think your testimony is really powerful because it, it, it is black and white in the sense of like, yeah. I was building, I was successful buying, selling companies. And then I became a Christian and started living for the Lord's agenda where maybe there's some folks listening to this show. And I might assume maybe a majority of folks um, became a Christian, maybe much earlier and then got into business or the workplace and a lot of the things that seem, let me just ask it this way, like kind of water, you know, kind of like the culture or the world's way of doing things kind of slips into the normal, like Christian way of doing things. So when you look back at what is different from the way you were doing business before Christ to now how you're doing it, can you share some real, like some real examples of maybe what changed in your businesses, the way you do business, just so like a guy like me who maybe I've been in the Christian water for a lot longer and then just kind of brought that into business. Mm. I want to know if there are things in my life or the way I'm doing business that are like, Hey, this is not the Lord's agenda. I'm still sitting at the throne of my business in my life. Does that, does that question make sense so that we can see the contrast? But before I answer it, let me just say that my way is not a better way. <laughs> like if I could have my time back again, I would have much preferred to have grown up in a Christian home and not had all the pains that I had created. Sure. I hope my, my daughter's testimony is the most boring testimony on the planet. 100%. Yeah. Like I know a lot of people go, Oh, I feel like I'm missing out on a great testimony. No, no, no. If you come from good Christian heritage, that's the best testimony you can have. Now it may not have, a, it may not have a big swing of like, you know, Bible says he who is forgiven much loves much. Right. And that was my story. I felt like, you know, the, the night I came to Christ, it wasn't in a church. It was next to my bed at home. I had been to church that night, but they didn't do an altar call. It's like an old uniting church. And I'm not sure if they would just given up on altar calls or what, but <laughs> I went, I went home and, and, and I just cried out to the Lord with snot coming out of everything, you know? And, and, and so, you know, I, I'd made a bunch of stupid mistakes. So that's why I was so grateful, right. For the grace of God. But if you don't have that story and you just grew up in a Christian home, you probably didn't make as many of the dumb mistakes as I did. So you're already better off. Like, like my, my way is not a better way. It's, it's, a, it, it, it's just my way. So what changed? The kingdom of God is not tactics. The kingdom of God is a culture that we have to live out every single day. A lot of people have taken scripture in a business context and tried to make it a tactic to, to be successful. And, and there's probably a place for that, but I think it's got to start with an absolute heart change of, of two competing worlds, right? So, um, and maybe we can talk about it, but we call them kingdom and Babylon and, and, and they're at war with each other and have been all the way from Adam and Eve to today. But what changed in my business when I started studying the scriptures was I realized God really wants, the heart of God is for me to prefer others over myself. That's it. And there's a bunch of stories that, that kind of point to that kind of culture of laying down your life and preferring others over yourself. So if that's the case, that wars against traditional business, which is I have to win at any cost. 
So I've got to enter my every single day, every transaction, every deal with the worldview that everybody in this transaction needs to win. And there could very well be times that I possibly even leave money on the table so that I can show my allegiance to the Lord that I preferred others over myself and myself, right? Um, and, and I've got plenty of stories, you know, because that's, it's what I'm trying to walk out every day, right? Um, it's not about maximizing short-term profit. It can't be. It, and that's not sustainable. That's why businesses go under and empires fall. For me, it's like, okay, I remember a time that me and my wife, I've got a, I've got one wife and three daughters. So I want to, I wouldn't mind keeping it in that ratio too. Um, and, and they're the best thing that's ever happened to me, right? Like I'm, 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 I'm a massive fan of my family. Like I just would like to be with them all the time. But when we came to buy a house, this was about 2010. So we're going back 12 years. We wanted to buy a house that was a bit bigger, had a bit of a yard because we had one and, and we were going to have another child. So we went to look at this particular house and we loved it. It was, I can't remember how much it was listed for, but Kimberly and I went away and said, okay, let's pray about an asking price. We'll, we'll go away for half an hour, pray. We'll come back together and we'll see if, what happens. And so we came back together thinking we'd have the same number. We had two different numbers, but they were fairly close. And so I said to Kimberly, I said, I think one of them's the offering price and one of them's the settlement price. Let's just go with that. So we put in the lowest number of the two and we negotiated backwards and forwards and we settled on the higher number of the two. It was amazing. But on that journey, um, we found out that this family um, had a faith. Uh, we noticed some faith-based DVDs in the house when we were checking it out. And so um, so we said to them, hey, listen, we need to know off the bat, has the amount that we've offered, is it enough for you to go away and do what you need to do? Or does it put you under financial pressure? And they said, no, no, that's enough. It's we've we've in our negotiation, we figured it all out. It's all okay. You know, but they could have come back and said, no, we need five grand more and we would have paid it because I don't want somebody to ever, I'd rather be taken advantage of than take them, put somebody under financial duress, right? Anyway, so the story goes like this. The we the agent comes back to us and says that there's a problem. This is like a week later. And they've just found out that their seven-year-old boy has leukemia and they have to travel a long way every single day for treatment. So we said, oh, well, how about this? They can stay in the house rent-free for a month. We'll, we'll cover it all because they need to go. Anyway, uh, three weeks into the month, they needed two more weeks of treatment. And that, so it's okay. Let, we don't want to kick them out of the house. Let, let them live in it rent-free. We'll cover it. They said, oh, well, if you would do that, then would you like all of our kids' toys that are out in the yard? Do you want the swings and the slides? It's like, that's a beautiful thing. Yeah, we'll take those. Our kids will love them. And then another, anyway, the agent is in my house bawling her eyes out saying, I've never seen two like a vendor and a you know and a purchaser want each other to win so bad and i'm like well that's that's the kingdom of god and and so from my point of view i probably could have got that house cheaper but my allegiance is not to the deal and my allegiance is not to my net worth my allegiance is first and foremost to my audience of one and if i show my allegiance to him all things will be added unto me so I know that if I can do my deals in a way that preferences others, the Lord will bring me way more deals. I won't miss out because I'm doing it kingdom way. So that's just one example. I remember another time I bought I bought 9% of a startup company. And then I was driving home. So we agreed that I would buy 9% of this, this SaaS company, this tech startup. Um, and then on the way home, I felt the Lord say, you should have taken eight, not nine for the same money. I'm like, okay, that's bizarre. So 
kind of push that thought away and it keeps coming back. And so I'm like, fine. So I literally email the tech founder and I go, hey, um, feel the Lord changing the rules for the same money. Only give me 8%, not 9 You know, I'm letting you know before you make up the shareholder agreement, whatever. I'm not trying to maximize the short term. I'm, I've got such a there's an, such a massive kingdom out there for us to be part of that we don't have to screw this one deal to try and get ahead. That's that's the wisdom of the world. That's the Babylonian culture that was created by Noah's great-grandson, Cush, Cush's great, Nimrod, that was Cush's son. So it, 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 I think if we can, it also takes a lot of pressure off needing to one-up other people. Mm. You know, you, you, can, you, can just, you can just do deals that are, that are just better and there's more of them in the future. What do you, what do you not knowing much about the kind of business culture of Australia, but knowing your YouTube channel and seeing some topics like was Jesus a socialist or a capitalist? I mean, talk about that idea of like, but yet we still function in a capitalist society. And then let me give you a great example. Okay. Uh, Wes, cause this is why I was like, you know, we're going to get into some good stuff. I got an email, um, today and I won't say the, the guy's name. Um, but I got an email because I'm rolling out a new offer inside of our community to help. We have a we have one pretty expensive offer, which is really just for a certain per, you know type of person who's at a certain place in their business, and we can really help them grow to the next level. It's not for everyone, and unfortunately, we haven't been able to serve a whole lot of people. So we're rolling out something new, and I'm I'm you know rolling out this email campaign to get people to a webinar and let them know about this new offer that's going to be very accessible, et cetera, et cetera. And this guy comes back and says, you need to be ashamed trying to overcharge people for trainings. Get some integrity was his email. Now, I've got these emails enough times being in business and also being open about my faith where that doesn't bother me. And um, but I see it. I'm like, man, I just think this guy has a really misunderstanding of the world in which we operate and how we're trying to do business. So I would just love like your thought as you hear that. And also like, hey, yes, but we operate in this capitalist society. How do we how do we live this out, right? Because we do have to go and make money. Like this guy doesn't understand this business has real bills to pay. <laughs> if you know, we can't offer this training for free. That's not the economy we live in. It, it, your thoughts on that? Uh, well, first of all, this guy you live for an audience of one, and it's not this guy. So so don't worry about that, right? You, yeah. you, but I but I do think in those times it's wonderful to kind of incline our heart to the Lord and say anything you want to say, Lord you know, should it, should it be cheaper? Should it be more expensive? Should it be broader? Whatever. Like, is there anything you want to say to me, Lord? That's, I think that's, that's a, good. that's a, that's just a discipline that we should have because he might then go, mm, let's change the model. You know what I mean? Um, but don't worry about those people, you know, um, you know, they're, I find that those people that are really caught up in, you know, money and it, sh and you shouldn't have any and, 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 and they don't like it when other people win, they're just one revelation short right? They haven't really caught the kingdom of God in all its entirety. And money is not all its entirety. It's just one really small element of the kingdom of God. Um, and so just don't, don't stress about those people. Yeah. It was Jesus a capitalist or a socialist. He was both and neither. That's the hard part to get our head around. He definitely acted like a socialist and told stories about people, the welfare of others. He also told stories about trading, Right. You know, when he, in the parable of the meaners, the master goes away. But before he goes, he says, trade until I return. Um, so so, you know, that's there. Um, that's why the, the Lord's not bothered about whether you're a capitalist or a socialist, because he's neither. You know, the kingdom of God is neither of those. It is so much superior. You know, 
socialism is broken. Capitalism's less broken, um, but socialism is very broken uh, in its modern format. Remember, remember, capitalism as we see it today is not capitalism as started. It's been hijacked by Wall Street and it's been hijacked by Babylon. But just as the same, socialism isn't today what it used to be. It used to be a very good, pure idea about the welfare of the poor and the orphan and the widow. And now it's become a political ideology to remove p- people even having a go, right? Like it's, you know, and, and if you if you look behind modern socialism, you will see that it's billionaires pulling that string. Why? Because they don't want to share any, they want to be at the top of the pyramid. So ironically, it's the billionaires that are telling broke people that they should be broke because then there's more money for them. So. Remember, we don't war against flesh and blood, right? This is a spiritual battle that's trying to cause us to be divisive. You know, a socialist world is give all your money and blow up big governments, and big governments are always a bad idea. But an extreme capitalist version is, you know, people are just transactions and you just got to, you know, amass wealth at any cost and cross every moral boundary to get it. They're the two extremes. The kingdom of God's right in the middle. It's like, you know, allegiance to the king, prefer others over yourselves, possibly go without in the short term. And then when the Lord adds to you, everybody, God gets the glory and you don't. And so it's this, it's this operating system that is the best of both and neither, that if we can just do it that way, it's actually what stands out. You know, what's it, if you look at the extremes and, and the US have extremes, if you look politically uh, and ideology, there's extremes. Australia has it, too, but it's probably not as bad. Like it's 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 on the way of, of being just as bad, but a little bit behind. The enemy wants you to pick sides and throw grenades at each other. Um, but you go back to the first century Palestine when Jesus turns up, it was more divided than now. You had to pick sides. You know, and and so he was able to establish a new kingdom whilst there was extreme division in the world. So so we don't have to get caught up in the polarizing. We just play in the middle. We bring the kingdom of God wherever we find ourselves. If enough people do that, the political systems fall apart anyway. I mean, the Roman Empire fell apart when they got when when Paul took the gospel to Caesar. Right. It just dismantled it because it couldn't stay. So. So we don't. We just don't need to get too caught up in a, in a whole lot of that stuff. We just need to operate kingdom where we find ourselves, and the rest will fall apart. That's so good. I, I love how you make note that Jesus did live in a divided world and uh, a very very polarizing world. So I love the show because sometimes I feel like people have questions and they're they don't want to look like a fool and asking them. And so I feel like my role as the host is like to be the fool <laughs> to get to the good questions. So. I feel like I have this conversation a lot, or I hear this comment a lot. I want to bring it up to you, and I just love your your input. I feel like when I'm speaking with people, especially good entrepreneurs, like people who are like good entrepreneurs, and they're they have good ideas that are going to really make a lot of money and impact a lot of people. It can almost be like we're going through the idea, and it's like this thing's gonna you know do really well, and the comments becomes well, but like I, I don't want to make too much money, like or it's almost like. The fact that it is so good and it's, it's, it could become so profitable is almost like, but I, I don't like, you know, it's almost like then, then they kind of like draw back a little bit from the idea because it is, it is going to make a lot of money. And in, and in some ways, like it's, it literally becomes an inhibitor of like a creative flow for them because of how good it's going to be. And I'm just curious, like when you, if you've run into that, as you counsel and work with folks 
and because again, like I know where that comes from. It comes from this rootedness that money is the root of all evil, right? Not that that's what the Bible says, but that's where that comes from. And there's a fear of, I don't want to make too much money because making too much money is a non-Christian thing to do. Like, you know what I'm saying? So like, could you comment on that? Because this is a conversation I have a lot. Yeah, I don't think it comes from uh, those places. I actually think that for those people, they probably shouldn't go make the money. Because I feel like anybody that's got a great idea and is going to make a lot of money and then sabotages it or whatever, doesn't pursue it. It's because they're hedging that they know that their faith is not mature enough to handle it. So I, I actually think that it's right. You know, if, if, if they don't have a faith that is mature enough to handle vast wealth, um, then they probably shouldn't go and get fast wealth because they're just going to add to the problem and not the solution. So, so that's why what you and I do is so valuable because we're trying to build that discipleship and that depth into people's journey so that when the money comes, they can, they can steward it well. So, you know, we know the scripture that's been used, right? Like it's easier for a camel to go for the eye of a needle than a rich man go to heaven, but it goes on to say, but with God, all things are possible. It's the, but with God, all things are possible. That's the difference. And that's because if you're not intimate with the Lord, if you haven't peeled yourself back, if you haven't laid your life down, if you haven't been through enough tests, if you haven't had the trials, if you haven't had the injustices, if you haven't had the humiliation, if you haven't had, you know, the, the experience of buying dumb stuff and realizing that it's no fun. If you haven't had that, then you will be bad when the money comes. So I think a lot of people, uh, hedging because they're like, I don't know that I trust me with fast wealth, which is awesome, by the way, in terms of self-awareness. Now, the process is not to go chase the wealth. The process is to chase the heart transformation so that when the wealth comes, you can handle it. I actually don't think everybody should go out there and make a billion dollar idea in the next three years because they will it will ruin them. But if you pursue maximizing all the gifts and talents God's put inside of you and you put up with the lessons along the way, God disciplines those he loves. If, if you put up with making those mistakes and leaning on the Lord and pressing in, the money will come. Um, but we're always trying to shortcut. And, and let me tell you, in the kingdom of God, it's always a long way around. And, and then the narrow gate, right? There's a lot of people that bat, that believe a lot of bad stuff around money and, and how there are some people that believe it's just the wrong thing to do. Like old mate that emailed you. Old mate is our Australian technical term for anybody. We don't know their name. An old love for a female version of the same thing. Those people probably shouldn't go and make the money if they are not. And I tell you what's interesting. I know a lot of people who want to, to do great wealth and they don't get it. And I feel like to some degree, it's because the Lord, who's a good, good father, won't give it to them because he knows it's bad for them. So, you know, like, like, I don't, know if you have kids, if you, I don't know if you have kids, but I don't want my kids to have everything at the youngest age. I want them to learn some maturity. Sh show me, sh show me how you handle it a little bit. I'll give you a little bit of freedom and show me how you use that before I give you a lot of freedom. Right. So that's what I do. I I'm a flawed dad and I do that with my kids. So a perfect father is going to do the same thing. So he would be there going, you know, like you, you want a billion dollar company, like show me how you're handling the 250 grand a year that you make now. 
you know, and 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 let's see, like, you know, how many BMWs you've got or how many watches you have or, you know, like, let's see, let's, let, let's look at how much you've got versus how much you give and let's see where your allegiance lies. And I think that if for the people that are really diligent in those times, then they get a little bit more and a little bit more. And I have found that if you show your allegiance to the Lord, if you're open to being discipled and corrected, um, and and you're prepared to stay in it for the long haul, which is probably 20, 30 years, then, then those people end up amassing great wealth, great impact, and it doesn't corrupt them because they've passed too many tests on the way. And those people the Lord can put in front of kings because they have proven mm. the test of time. <laughs> well, this is so good, man. That that's that's one of the best uh four minutes in the history of the Kingdom Aria podcast. I want you guys to go back and, and rewind that. And we didn't even talk about real estate. How's that? <laughs> we never talk about real estate. I don't even know why we call this Kingdom Real Estate Investment Show anymore. It's really just the Kingdom Show. Uh, because once you realize it's all about the kingdom, then the real real estate is the vehicle, then, you know, it, it really By the way, I'm a big fan of real estate. I'm a, you know, like I'm a big fan of real estate. I reckon it's the best store of wealth you can have on the planet. So uh, we, just, we, 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 we might have a few times talk about it, but I just love having you and your unique perspective on the kingdom too and kingdom business that's why i want to dive into this and by the way it's so good guys please go back and listen to that i mean i think about the you know the, the parable of the talents to he who um you know he they show they were faithful and what happened god gave them more right and to the one that didn't do anything he was called wicked and lazy yeah but um, the, but, but there's a sub story how many people he gave a talent uh, amina to 10 then he called for them all to come back and give an account but how many gave an account Three. Where's the seven? I don't know if I I don't know if I've called that. There were ten people. Ten people were given a mina. He went away. He came back. He asked for everybody to give an account. Two, one multiplied by ten. One, one multiplied by five. One hid it in the ground. Seven took the gifts and talents and never even came back to give. An Dude, account. I think I missed this. What 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 what? what this is twenty five, right? Matthew twenty five. Uh huh. I never even. No one, um, no one really notices it. That, I mean, it's fine. I'm not trying to be the hot shot, but I'm looking at it. I'm like, you know, 80% of the people that were given a mina, every 80% of the people that give, get given a gift and talent by God never use it. Seven run away, use it for their own selfish gain. One hides it, does nothing with it. Yeah. Now, let me, let's stay on the same story. The one that turned one mina into 10, what happened? He was put over 10 cities. So you talk about influence. This is not about the money. It starts with money because if you can show that you, mm. you do the right thing with money, then you get God's truest treasure, which is people. You get put over 10 cities. You're shaping the culture of those cities. You, you know, you, you're the one that can speak into the domestic violence, the social decay, the homelessness. Like it's it starts with one mina and it becomes ruling over 10 cities. I mean, that's the kingdom of God right there. That's why all these people who are like trying to justify should a Christian have a Bentley. It's like stop having a conversation at that level. And just get on with having impact over 10 cities. And if you end up with a Bentley, so be it. But just, we just need to focus on the impact. That's not powerful, man. That's so good. That's so, so good. I, you know, it's interesting that to go back to, you say you shouldn't, you shouldn't be steward. I do think there's a starting point and, and maybe it's this, this podcast show for some, because I do think um, my faith is being prepped for the 10 cities. And I believe that today, but here's the interesting thing. Six years ago, I didn't believe that because I heard somebody say, 
and he was a mentor of mine at the time. And I was in Christian ministry. I was a missionary for six years, Wes, before I became an entrepreneur. And, and before I even became a missionary, I was in college. The missionary that was a mentor that I looked up to, he said, one of the reasons I became a missionary is because I know that I'm not a good steward of money. To your point, he was spiritually mature enough to notice, hey, I don't want to go be a business owner making a lot of money an entrepreneur. The interesting is now he actually is an entrepreneur and he's doing great because he probably had the same experience I did. He heard somebody else say, I'm not a good steward. Therefore, I don't want to go be in business. Let me go do something else and never tested that. He never he never went out and actually decided that for himself or, or went and experimented. And that's the same thing I did. I just assumed his belief and made it a belief of my own and sounded like a righteous thing at the time. And then I was like, oh, let me put his righteous sounding saying as a belief of mine. And I believe that. I believed that for a very long time, several years, and it was something I had to literally rewire in my brain and create a new belief around. And so, you know, I, I just mentioned that because I think there are a lot of people who maybe you are in, in, you know, to Wes's point, maybe you aren't and you've seen that and it's probably good for you not to go pursue riches, but maybe God is asking you to go be a leader of 10 cities and, you know, he wants to call you into to deeper and bigger things. And you've assumed or believed someone else's thoughts that are not your own. And I just think that's a really important point because that was my story. Yeah, like just because you realize that money could corrupt you doesn't mean you shouldn't go do it. Yeah. It means that you've just got to rein your horizon in and go, okay, right now I want to show my allegiance to the Lord in my finances. What does that look like today? And then just stick to that journey. And then you will actually get there, but it won't ruin you. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Um, just from a, a business, like, what, what are you doing, man? I'm curious to know kind of what, you know, you have the Kingdom Business Summit happening in Australia. It's coming to the United States here soon, which we'll have you back on before you do that to promote that. Looking forward to that as well. Um, but tell me what, you know, your vision is in business. Kind of what are you guys building? What what, what are you excited about right now in terms of, in terms of business? So, um, so the... The, the bulk of my life since 2007 has been business coaching, building up a business coaching company that's helping people from startup through to businesses doing sort of 50 million, uh, helping them scale with sales, marketing, recruitment, HR, culture, financial management, those sort of things, right? And absolutely love that. That's, that's an assignment that was given to me when I came to Christ in 2004. So, um, and that's been incredibly good to us. You know, we've, we've, you know, mostly Australia, we, we have clients around the world, but it's 95% Australian based. Um, and we run that through, you know, some seminars and a lot of one-on-one -on -one coaching and a lot of help. We just wrap and, you know, wrap a lot of help around these people to make them win. So that's it. But um, uh, two years ago, um, I always wanted to run a digital marketing agency. And, and that's out of the fact that, Personally, I love it. I love digital marketing. Um, I have. I was a very early adopter of, say, Facebook ads back when they were called Facebook dark posts back in 2015, 16, um, you know, and, and, and built a pretty big business off the back of ads. Um, I think to date, uh, I've spent about 170 grand on Facebook ads and turned that into about 5.2 million. So don't feel too bad for me. Um, and and so, but but our clients weren't doing digital marketing. They were always, I'll get to that. Or I don't understand it or whatever. And I'm like, cool, well, let me remove the excuse. I'll build an agency. And so we've built quite a team here 
um, around that. You know, we've got an entire company of teams that build websites and 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 then build out Google ads, Facebook ads, TikTok ads, LinkedIn ads, um, SEO, write copy, and and stuff like that. So that's that I, I love that passion play because it's it that's my opportunity to that's that's effectively my ministry. I spend fifty hours a week with an entire team of people that do that, and I absolutely love it. Um, cool. and, and there's and they're mostly non-believers, uh, and I just love being in their lives. I was just gonna now. Well, now that you say that, I'm actually curious on what you're seeing. Is there, a, you know, I've seen a lot on TikTok. You know, TikTok, you know, now has TV series, and you can run ads on that. So I'm just curious on where you see. We do a lot on Facebook as well with with advertising for multiple for multiple companies. But you know, I guess knowing someone who's in the business, where, where do you see the digital advertising space heading? TikTok, um, really, and, and but but I mean, remember, Facebook's still the big daddy of the it's a, the big gorilla still. Um, uh, I don't know how long it'll hold that title, but it is still today. Um, you know, I think I think Instagram, obviously, Reels is a really big deal. Um, uh, but but let me also say, I can't stand consuming the platforms. I'm just there to plunder the enemy. So I'll run ads on them, but I'm not there scrolling through looking at stuff I shouldn't be looking at. You know, um, I know, you know, for me and, and because I've, I've hired a bunch of millennials, they all know it all for me anyway. So so it's awesome. The millennials are the best group of people on the planet. Um, so, yeah. So so for me, like we're, we're heading in the direction of TikTok. There's no doubt about it. You know, it, it had a bit of a bumpy start when it was musically. It wasn't popular. They've really invested in it. Sure, it's owned by the Chinese Communist Party. Sure, it's all those issues. They're all legitimate, right? And if you don't want to, then run ads and don't con don't put content, but run ads. Like you don't have to. You, you can do it as limited as you want. But we're definitely heading in that direction. You know, I actually think that, that there's going to have to be there's going to have to be a change that's coming. I, I just feel like reinventing another app with shorter form video. Like, how, where do you get to one second videos? Like, it, it does. There's got to be something new coming. Um, and I actually think that it's going to become, so take YouTube pre-roll ads, think about like Hulu pre-roll ads and Roku literally down to the, down to the micro targeting that YouTube can do today. So that, so that's available for the big guys today, right? So, you know, you pick any of the streaming platforms and the big guys can run ads to a subsection of the audience that's going to become so democratized that I think small business will be able to run on mainstream streaming shows as pre-roll ads targeting. That's going to be a game changer when that comes. Um, and it's probably, I'm going to go with 12 to 18 to 24 months away before you could start to run ads on the biggest streamed shows, you know, to, to 750 people that you want to go talk to. Um, that's going to be a game changer because that's the merging of technology with old school. If you're television. willing to pay for it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's going to get cheaper and cheaper and cheaper because they will want to attract a bigger and bigger and bigger and diverse audience. What yeah. And then back and, and then back on the business stuff, um, the project that I secretly really have a love hate relationship with hate because it's very difficult love because I just love it is we have a development company too, where we do some small time property development um specifically in the disability housing sector hmm. so um we, we build these houses for people with disabilities to give them dignity um and you know kind of love on them in a wonderful environment 
and uh, and I really love that play. But as you would know, fighting with councils every day, fighting with you know government regulations, fighting with the builders and blah blah blah. It's it's a it, it's a nightmare, but it's yeah. also incredibly rewarding. So all over um, the country, all over the world, man, you got to develop something. You got to deal with people. It just is is what it is. And then and then next year we're going to go into funds management because I want to do that in a bigger way. I I, I feel like. My, my reason for, you know, doing a capital raise or funds management is uh, the, the kingdom of God is multiples. It's never fractions. And so I can, uh, I've built a model that can give people two, two and a half, three times the return they could get elsewhere. So I don't necessarily need public capital to do what I want to do, but I can do what I want to do faster. And at the same time, help them prosper by giving them something that's two and a half to three times better than what's available. So that's a little bit. Is that an investment into businesses or is that an investment into real estate? Uh, Real estate. Got it. Hmm. Uh, I'm curious, how, how are you investing in? I mean, so you said that the disability homes, is that kind of your main form of investing right now? Kind of wealth multiplication is through, uh, through development. It is currently, but I bought a bunch of real estate that was just traditional real estate over the last 15 years. So I've got, I've got a real estate company that has traditional single family houses, duplexes. I don't know what you call them, but two together. Um, And then this disability play is a completely separate business. And I'm not built, I'm not acquiring any traditional houses at the minute. I'm putting it all into the disability sector. So making your money in business. Yeah. I mean, like this wealth creation conversation is madness. Like I know people that have been studying wealth creation for 15 years, every book, every strategy. It's like it started at 15 years ago. You could have picked the worst strategy you'd be ahead of today. Right. So, so literally business, because business takes so much focus and demand and energy and time. You can't have a store of wealth that also takes time, energy, focus and demand. Right. And any money you make, if you choose that, like people go Bitcoin, which is not an investment, in my opinion, because it misses the one criteria, which is yield. But, you know, like I know people that race off and go and study crypto. It's like, yeah, but the time you put into studying crypto, you could have actually built an actual mm-hmm. business. Wow. You know, you know, and 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 so for me, real estate is the lowest risk, the lowest gain, but the most sure way to build wealth. And so I just want to put all my attention to being profitable in business and then just punting my money over to yeah. real estate. And then, you know, I, I'm trying to build real estate that my kids can knock over and rebuild. That's, yeah. that's the timeline for me. Yeah. Well, Wes, when you're ready to break in or crack in, you know, to, to us real estate, that's, you know, let's get back in touch. So our other company is that's really who we serve. Those who are building businesses, making the money, and then we create funds and go purchase apartment complexes across the U S yeah. So um, that's that's what we do on that side. And it's, it's exactly what you're saying. It's like, listen, we're we're not trying to 10x over here. You know, we're fine with doubling our money every five years um, because, you know, if you do that in that compound year over year, over year, over year, over year, and you're focused on your main thing. And this is growing at 15 to 20 percent a year. Yeah, I mean, that's know, phenomenal returns. 100 percent. Right. And, the, and I think exactly what you're saying, there's this and it's definitely driven by millennials that the best way to create wealth is the next hot thing. And what the reality is, is the best way to create wealth is to do the thing that can make you the most money. Sure. But over the longest period of time, and that's the piece that we've missed. It's not about making the most amount of money. It's about making the most amount of money over the longest period of time. And those who can do both of those things, that's who get really wealthy. Yeah. Like I'm not interested in getting rich quick. I'm, I'm interested in getting rich for sure. And yeah. 
that that requires a different level of thinking. I also don't need any short-term hits. I'm 44, starting a business at 19. I've seen so many things come and go. Even in just that short period of time, so many things come and go. And in the early years, I was stupid enough to chase some of them. And they all, when Bible says chase, get rich quick schemes and your money will grow wings and fly away, right? So it's very clear what happens. Um, I chased a few things early on and lost money. And I remember in the GFC, I lost some money there in, in investment. This guy was like trading derivatives on my behalf and he, he did a capital raise. I put a bunch of money in and he turned it into 400 bucks, right? Literally lost 99% of the money or more. And, um, and it's like in that time, I realized, hang on a minute, why would I outsource my wealth creation? That's abdicating. I need to know what I'm talking about. And now if I put my money into something, it's only because I know what I'm doing. It's only because I've studied it. There's no personal accountability in get rich quick schemes because you don't know what you're talking about. So all these people that raced off to Bitcoin or as we call it, Buttcoin, like it, it, they've, most of those guys have lost money. Like it's, there's nothing... <laughs> I, you know, it's just thing. We and, and here's the thing: it's sophisticated. And this is, I love what you're saying too, man. That's why I love real estate because, in the to your point, don't invest in some in something or with someone else that you don't understand. Real estate is one; of those, it's easy to understand. Here's what we're doing, you know, and that's why I love our model because it's very easy to understand. But to go off of that, even myself, as disciplined as I am, and as much as I know about this, still get distracted. I I have money in Bitcoin. And I'm I've taken an L, right? And it, it, again, it's one of those things where you, it's such a part of the you kind of want to taste it, but it's a it's I would or say that I say I'm thankful because I feel like I needed a lesson like that early in my investing career to be like, you know, I got I got too excited. This was dumb. Like I I know the fundamentals, and yet I still did it. But I'm glad I learned, and it wasn't a bigger loss later in my investing career sure. where it could have been detrimental. You know what and, I'm saying? And there, are, like, there, are, there are people that made money out of out of crypto and Bitcoin and Ethereum and, and the made money. It's just that for everybody that made money, there's five that didn't. So like it's a really bad, it's a bad ratio. <laughs> and and you can't hedge yourself with a yield. Like if I buy stocks in you know Apple, I get a dividend every six months. That that hedges against losses. It you know, and, and by the way, if you're buying stocks, then every single day it goes down in value, you should be celebrating and buying some more because your dollar cost average helps. But for me, it's just not where I want to put my time and energy. I like I like things that I can repaint and fix up and boot a tenant out and get a better one. And I, I like things that, you know, people pay for every single week. And even if they lose their job, they pay for it because they have to, because they need a roof. And I, I just like those things. You know, my, my life has got 99 problems. I want to I want to have as little as possible on my investing side. Amen, man. Well, listen, I, I've I've thoroughly I've thoroughly enjoyed this. I'm uh, really grateful to now know each other and figure out ways to continue to collaborate in the future. Thanks for taking some time. I appreciate from across the globe to spend an hour with our audience with no agenda. So we're grateful for you. How can people support you and follow along you, Wes? Yeah, well, I mean, um, you know, I've got a couple of books out there that uh, that we can post anywhere around the world. Um, uh, one's called Supernatural Business. One's called Supernatural Thinking. You can pick those up at at kingdombusiness.global, kingdombusiness.global. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, there's our YouTube channel, which we put content up consistently, which is just youtube.com forward slash kingdombusiness. And, um, you know, we've got a pretty loyal viewership there. I mean, it obviously goes out on Apple Podcast and Google Podcast and and, and all the other platforms. Um 
but that's really that's really where we are. And, uh, you know, anybody that I've piqued their interest, I'd love to engage with them. You know, go watch a video on YouTube and comment on one of the videos and I'll be there to talk to you. That's, you know, that's that's what we run. Even though we've got a big team, I'm still the guy in the comments writing back. So anybody that's listening, I'd love to connect. Cool. Yeah. At Kingdom Business, some great videos here, several thousand subscribers. So this is cool to see. So guys, uh, make sure you go give them some love. That is kingdombusiness.global or you can look them up on YouTube at Kingdom Business. Go give them a subscription uh, and uh, and follow along there. Uh, hey, and listen, if you enjoyed this episode, uh, we do not run ads. This is free content. What we ask is help share the message. Uh, there are very few platforms that are talking about this, about how to be how to be passionate, Christ-centered, and yet ambitious in the world of business. I think today was an amazing, amazing episode. If you agree with me, screenshot this, post it on social media, wherever you do social media, tag us, tag at Kingdom Business, tag me at you know Ellis Hammond or Kingdom REI. Let us interact with you. But more importantly, share this with someone else. We appreciate your support. We'll see you next week. Cheers, everybody. Hey, just because the show's over doesn't mean the journey is. Listen, if you're a faith-driven real estate professional or investor, then you'll want to go to the Kingdom rei.com to learn about our mastermind if you're interested in investing alongside me in alternative investments like multifamily apartment complexes then head to ellishammond.com to learn more about that cheers